morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Monday, February 13th. On this date in 1935, there was a verdict in what had become known as the trial of the century. On trial was Bruno Richard Hampton, who was accused of kidnapping and killing the 20-month-old son of aviator Charles Lindbergh. The jury found him guilty, and he was eventually executed. But to this day, there are still some questions about whether he was actually the kidnapper. One thing there's little doubt about, most of the low country is probably ready for dry weather after this soggy weekend. Let's see what to expect with your Live 5 First Alert Weather Center forecast. And good Monday morning to you. Meteorologist Joey Sovan here. A little chilly out the door this morning. Grab the coats first thing, but we'll be near 60 at lunchtime and up in the mid to upper 60s for highs under sunny sky this afternoon. Beautiful day. Gets warmer tomorrow, even warmer as we head into Tuesday and then Wednesday for Valentine's Day. So we do expect some beautiful weather ahead as we go through the next couple of days. High temperatures tomorrow for Valentine's Day will be up into the upper 60s to around 70 mid 70s on Wednesday, upper 70s then on Thursday and Friday. A couple of showers with our next cold front. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. We begin the week with Alec Murdoch's murder trial, the case now entering its 16th day. Yeah, four weeks ago, the state began laying out its evidence against Murdoch, hoping to prove the prominent lawyer killed his wife and son in June of 2021 to buy time to cover up the millions of dollars he's accused of stealing from clients, family, as well as friends. Nick Reagan is in Colleton County this morning with the latest. So, Nick, we're expecting a new round of witnesses today, right? Yeah, guys, this is the fourth week, and it could be the final week for the state to lay out its case. They've said that they could be as done and as done and as rested as soon as Wednesday. Now, we don't know exactly which uh, witnesses will be called next, but we know that Friday ended on a bit of a fiery note as Murdoch's defense team objected during the testimony of the family's housekeeper, and they asked the judge for a mistrial. Now, the prosecution was in the middle of questioning the housekeeper where she was testifying about a conversation that she had with Maggie about her being worried about money. The outburst from defense attorney Dick Harputlian was unfortunately not caught on camera, but you will hear him throwing a stack of papers. Anxious about money issues? Uh, Your Honor. I object to well, I know you're objected and, and <laughs> but he is terrifying. I understand your objection. And, well, I don't care what you're doing. Uh, there's an objection to the previous question. The objection is sustained. While entertaining the objection, you cannot pose another question. Certainly not the only tense moment in the courtroom. Now, the judge ultimately sided with the prosecution and the trial continued. We also heard from a sled cell phone analyst who says that the cell phone tower data has Murdoch's phone pinging near the family's hunting property where the crime took place between 6.40 p.m. and 9.10 p.m. That's around the same time that uh, the activity on Paul's phone stopped. Now, we also have now seen six witnesses total who have identified Alec Murdoch's voice on that cell phone video that uh, the state says was taken just minutes before Maggie and Paul were killed. That seemingly pokes a very large hole 
in Murdoch's alibi. Now, when the state rests, presumably on Wednesday, the, the defense says that they're going to need about a week to call their own witnesses. So, guys, we still have quite a bit of trial left in this case before it is settled. Reporting from Colleton County, Nick Reagan, Live 5 News. Thank you, Nick. Well, our team coverage will continue throughout the day. We'll have crews in Walterboro to bring you the very latest. You can also find us online and on streaming platforms, including Roku, Fire TV, and Apple TV. You can also get real-time updates on the Murdoch trial through our live blog on live5news.com. Just click the banner at the top of our homepage for live updates throughout the day, straight from Live 5's team of reporters and digital journalists. The North Charleston Police Department, they are investigating a shooting that left a woman dead. They say this happened just before noon Sunday near a building on Reynolds Avenue. When they arrived, police found a woman who had been shot. Police say that victim died on her way to the hospital. Her identity has not been released. No arrests have been made. Several people are without a home this morning after a massive house fire on Johns Island. The Charleston Fire Department says they responded to that fire on Dunwick Drive just before 5 a.m. yesterday. You can see in this picture that the fire engulfed the home. It spread to the vehicles there in the driveway. Firefighters say they evacuated the houses nearby and were able to get that fire under control before it spread even further. According to crews, the people in the home say the fire started in the garage and they attempted to control it before they eventually got out of the house. The American Red Cross has been called in to help. The South Carolina Highway Patrol is investigating a crash that left a person dead. Troopers say this happened just before 2 a.m. yesterday morning on College Park Road near Goose Creek. A vehicle drove into the median where a person was standing next to a disabled vehicle. Troopers say both the person and vehicle were hit. The person died from injuries. The victim's identity has not been released. Drivers should expect some delays if you're traveling along Camp Road. Yeah, construction crews, they're going to begin work on the Camp Road Sidewalk and Riverland Drive Multi-Use Path Project. Samantha Popovics is joining us live on James Island. Samantha, when are these road closures expected to start? Good morning. Good morning. Drivers should expect shoulder closes and potential lane closes from 9 this morning until 2 this afternoon. Charleston County says over the next two weeks, crews will begin working on the south side of Camp Road from Yorktown Drive to Riverland Drive. They say crews will be cleaning and working on utility relocations. The goal of the Camp Road sidewalk and Riverland Drive multi-use path project is to install a new six-foot-wide multi-use path along Camp Road, starting at Camp Road Middle School to Riverland Drive. The project is also adding a 10-foot-wide multi-use path along Riverland Drive to the Low Country Senior Center. Charleston County officials say this project will install drainage infrastructure and concrete sidewalk. Residents can expect completion by September of this year. Officials say this is a Charleston County Transportation Committee project and is funded by federal tax and state gas taxes. Reporting live in James Island, Samantha Popovics, Live 5 News. All right. Thank you, Samantha. Well, the MUSC Board of Trustees has voted to move forward on the long-term lease and operations agreement with the Regional Medical Center in Orangeburg. Under the current agreement, MUSC would assume control of all hospital operations and associated ambulatory practices in Orangeburg and Calhoun counties. 
The president of MUSC says welcoming the regional medical center into the MUSC family establishes new partners who will join this journey with MUSC. Officials say they're excited to continue fulfilling their statewide charge to meet the rapidly growing needs of the state's citizens. Well, February is National Career and Technical Education Month, and to celebrate, the Charleston County School District is recognizing various programs across the district. This week, CCSD is recognizing the Biomedical Sciences Program at the West Ashley Center for Advanced Studies. Our Molly McBride joins us live now from West Ashley. And Molly, tell us a bit more about this program. Good morning. Absolutely. Good morning. The biomedical sciences pathway here at the West Ashley Center for Advanced Studies is a medical program for students that are interested in going into healthcare. I spoke to Erica Wolfson, the project lead the way biomedical sciences teacher at the West Ashley Center for Advanced Studies, who tells me the program offers students hands on healthcare experience. There are three different levels of the class. Principles of Biomedical Sciences, Human Body Systems, and Medical Interventions. In the first level, students analyze a stage crime scene, learn how to take blood pressure and read labs, and work through an emergency response scenario. In the second level, students learn about human body systems, including anatomy and dissections. And the third focuses on medical interventions, disease outbreaks, and microbiology labs. These classes are so different from what students are doing in their other classes. In these classes, they're getting to do these hands-on activities, and it's stuff that they select to do. So it's things that actually interest them, like they're solving a potential crime scene, and they're doing dissections, and they're growing things in the laboratory, and learning all these technical skills, whereas otherwise they would just be reading about them or doing them virtually or not at all. Students I spoke to in Wolfson's class say that after taking the class, they have a better idea of what they want to do post-graduation. First coming into this class, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just saw the name and I was like, oh, it looks kind of interesting. It looks cool. So I took the class and I'm really interested. I really enjoy the material that we do, the type of work that we do. So I think even if you don't exactly know what you want to do yet, taking that leap into a class like this can really help you figure out what you want. This is a biomedical sciences program third year here at West Ashley Center for Advanced Studies and Wolfson says it continues to grow with more and more students joining each year. Looking forward, she says she hopes to add more field trips to the program and is excited to see where it goes. Reporting live in West Ashley, I'm Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Thanks so much, Molly. Well, it's time to put on those sneakers and run or walk for a great cause. The Liberty Hill After School Enrichment Program is sponsoring its annual 5K Run Walk for Literacy. That program provides support to improve reading and math skills for students in the Liberty Hill area of North Charleston, including elementary and middle schools near Park Circle. Well, the 5K for Literacy is Saturday, March 4th. It's going to start at 9 a.m. at the Felix Pinckney Community Center. There's going to be free food and music and vendors. Registration is $30 for adults, $15 for students, $18 and younger. You can find that link to register under the big red box on our website. The IRS is providing clarification for taxpayers in over 20 states, including South Carolina, about if rebates are taxable income. The IRS says that in most states, taxpayers won't need to report the rebates on their 2022 tax returns. This comes after the agency asked taxpayers to hold off on filing their returns last week as they decided on what to consider the rebates. 
In South Carolina, you won't have to report those checks if you meet certain requirements. Officials say if the money is a refund of state taxes you paid and you claimed the standard deduction or itemized your deduction, then the rebate will not be taxed. You can find more info on about what is taxable under the big red box on life5news.com. The Consumer Product Safety Commission is accusing a maker of baby strollers of making inaccurate statements about the safety of their products. Now, they're warning consumers about the dangers of baby trends, sit-and-stand, double- and ultra-strollers. The warning comes after an asphyxiation death of a 14-month-old baby. In a statement, Baby Trend says its strollers were completely safe when used as intended. The Safety Commission says model numbers SS76 and SS66 can cause life-threatening injuries. More than a million strollers have been sold at stores like Walmart, Target, Kohl's, and Bye Bye Baby. It was on this date in 2000 that the final Peanuts comic strip ran in Sunday newspapers. It was the day after cartoonist Charles Schultz, who brought Charlie Brown, Lucy Snoopy, and Woodstock to life, died in his sleep. Celebrating birthdays today, actress Stockard Channing and talk show host Jerry Springer are both 79. Singer Peter Gabriel is 73. And actor and singer David Naughton is 72. Thanks for starting your morning and your week with Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all, produced every weekday morning. You can listen and subscribe at live5news.com slash podcast. And download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.